0: At participating Napa Auto Parts stores, while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. People, are you ready? Let's start the show. Welcome to the Lockdown Clippers podcast. I'm your host, DJ Foster. On today's show, ESPN.com editor Andrew Hahn. Didn't know what he signed up for when he agreed to come on the podcast, but we're going to talk with him. We're going to start the first of a four-part series. And for part one, we're going to discuss which Western Conference team could make the leap how sad the Lakers are, and we're going to play over or under with the only guy I've ever seen play five hands of blackjack at the same time. It's the Locked On Clippers podcast. Welcome back to the Locked On Clippers podcast. Andrew Hahn is here. He's finally here. Andrew, how are you? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm, you know, not as
1: well as some of the other guests you've had. Which, uh, you, to peel back the curtain a
0: little bit. Wow, what's a little happening? Bit of
1: complaining, I did that. Am I the, what the fourth guest you've had?
0: You're the, even, the you're the fourth three. guest. If you count Big Smooth as a guest, you're the fourth guest.
1: Not even in the top three. I'm hurt. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm mad at you anyways because you're making fun of my mock draft skills
1: yeah yeah um Mexican number one it's good it's a good pick, but as I told the winner of that draft charlie widows uh picking Mexican number one over japanese it's it's a little bit like taking odin over durant you uh you can see the logic at the time, <laughs> but when you look back on it, ouch it just it doesn't look good
0: but uh, that's so wrong. Like, that that's a, that's a terrible analogy, first off. Mexican food is Odin? Like, Odin didn't do anything in the NBA.
1: I've heard, heard Mexican food has bad knees. <laughs> and it's, it always gets hurt. Have you ever tried to walk on, on tortillas? They just crumble.
0: <laughs> I do have terrible knees now because of all the Mexican food that I've had. So there might be a correlation there.
1: But, uh, I mean, it's good. Mexican's a solid pick. I just think that, uh... Japanese is so much more versatile. It is. You get such a wider variety. It seems like a no-brainer. And I should also mention that uh, Charlie had a lot of practice with that draft because we did polling while we were all in Summer League.
0: That's that's the most Summer League thing to do, by the way. Just talk about which foods you could eat if you could get out of that jail cell for 12 hours a day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that is the the most summer league thing. All right, so we're gonna do we're gonna do some gambling stuff. Not really gambling, but we're gonna we're gonna predict um, total wins, team win totals uh, for the upcoming season. And so what we're doing is we're naming a number that we think the team will hit with their total wins, and then the other person has to say over or under whether they think they're gonna come in less wins than that or more wins than that. Did I explain that okay? Uh, I think so.
1: I just wanted to put a disclaimer out there that I don't sports bet.
0: Okay. And
1: I think if you're not heavily invested in algorithms and analysis and things of that nature, that it's dumb to sports bet. And even then, there's so much randomness that happens over the course of a season that you probably shouldn't sports bet. Having said that, I greatly enjoy discussing it. (laughs) <laughs> I love to hear what people say about these things. But I myself am not willing to put any skin in the game.
0: Sure. I think if you are gonna put skin in the game though, that the, the season long bets are a lot more entertaining than the doing it game by game. Because game I mean, game by game anything can happen, right? Somebody gets hurt or the team just shows up and has a complete stinker, like game by game can drive you crazy. But when right, you when you make a bet over a season, it just lasts longer. I don't know, it's smarter to me.
1: Uh, I can see that. Um, I can also say with a hundred percent certainty that all of our picks for over and under will be locks. Uh, <laughs> DJ Foster guarantees that you will profit if wow. you follow our instructions.
0: Is that what we're doing now?
1: That's that's what's going. it's you have your giant lockout with you It's DJ Foster's <laughs> I, I don't know if you have like lock drops, but clink lock <laughs> of this of the pod.
0: Is that the noise the lock makes? Clink, clink. I think clink clink. Is it it is clink? it is the locked on Clippers podcast. So that works on on multiple levels, right? There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, here are our locks. We're going to start um, by Andrew's request. I wanted to go alphabetical. <laughs> Andrew Andrew that in the bud and said, "Let's go worst team last year to best team." Yeah. Last year by record. So we're going right. by record. So that means we start. <laughs> we start with the Lakers. The worst team in the Western Conference last year. Purple and gold. Let's just let that set set in for a second. The worst team good. in the Western Conference. I
1: mean, like, do you, do you feel good to see the Lakers struggling as they have been the past couple of years? Because historically, it's just been a monster franchise. Yeah,
0: it does feel good, doesn't it? Yeah. Is I that so. wrong? I mean, we're, we're not,
1: I don't taunt other fans because, no. you know, as Clipper fans, there's not much that we should be bragging about. But... At the same time, like, you know, it sh- let's share some of the misery that goes on with rooting for bad bad teams, bad franchises.
0: Uh, to me, it's like, uh, I always like seeing a little, a little dose of humility just peppered in every now and then. Like, if somebody hits a home run and does the bat flip and then, like, trips going to first base, I'm going to laugh and enjoy that. There's nothing wrong with that, right?
1: Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Now, if he trips... And breaks his ankle. Are you still
0: laughing? <laughs> no. Then I'm then I'm not laughing. <laughs> it as, sounds but. like
1: you're laughing right
0: there. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a little bit. I don't know. That's pretty funny to me. Uh, maybe I'm just a monster of a human being. Okay, so let's go over the Lakers off season. Uh, they signed Timothy Mozgov for way too much money, sixty-four million dollars. They signed Luol Deng for way too much money, four years, seventy-two million. They brought back Jordan Clarkson on a pretty good deal. And other than that, the big pick, Brandon Ingram, is coming. Uh, Kevin Durant says it's like looking in a mirror when he sees him. So that's fun for Lakers fans. So there's some hope. um, But I'm I'm picking the first one, right? I'm giving you the first.
1: You're going to throw out the first line.
0: First line. I have the Lakers at, drumroll, remember they won 17 games last year. I have them improving, but not remarkably so. I have their line at 21.5. Ooh.
1: Okay. All right. I mean, you had said before we started that you were excited to see how close we get to some of this stuff. Yeah. And I wrote down Lakers 21.
0: Wow. So we're right there.
1: We're right there. And if you go to Vegas, it's usually safe to assume that those Laker lines get inflated because of its proximity to Los Angeles. Absolutely. And Laker fans are, like most fans, eternally optimistic and hopeful, and they push that stuff up. So I wouldn't be surprised if that number ultimately settles at like twenty five or twenty six, and then you could take an easy under, even at your twenty one and a half. Clearly, I wrote twenty one, so I would say under by half a game. Mm. That is a good line, DJ. Should we should we just lock that one up right now? That's just a right out of the
0: gate. Clink! That's a clink. lock. <laughs> that's, that's a lock. I think I think it's going to be a safe under bet, like you said, when it does come out. Um, I'm not entirely sure how good Lual Deng is at basketball anymore. Wow. Like are are we that excited for for him in a Lakers uniform? I, I just I don't know how much of an impact he has anymore. Not a really great three point shooter. Not the defender that he once was. Can't really get his own buckets as much anymore. Uh, what's 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 your take?
1: Here's here's my hot take. Are are we positive D'Angelo Russell is like great? Are we sure about this?
0: I think once, he's, he's I think he's really good.
1: He's really good. Is he great? Is he, is he single? Is is he and Brandon Ingram? Going to pull this franchise out of the muck and back into prosperity? I don't, I don't know the answer to that. I like a lot of the pieces they have, but would you take their situation over?
0: Ooh, I don't I like know. This. I like this. Minnesota's? Uh, yeah. No, not over Minnesota. Utah? No, not over Utah.
1: Would you take it over Denver?
0: Ooh, probably not. No.
1: So, what what are we talking about here?
0: What's, what's going on? <laughs> well, I mean, okay, they don't have the depth that those teams do though. I mean, I think I think Ingram and Russell is a fine, wonderful start. Um I'm not a Julius Randle guy. I don't really love too many of their other pieces. Um so I think it's a it's a depth issue more than the quality of the two stars that they're building around. What
1: what about their new coach Luke Walton of what
0: was he 39 and 4 fame? Yeah.
1: With the Warriors
0: uh-huh. championship, with the
1: Warriors championship, with the Lakers, uh, do you do you feel confident that he's going to improve um, on the bench?
0: Uh, yes, he's he's going to be a better coach by Byron Scott. Just by the way of that, he'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> like he'll probably like show up to work and, and not golf the entire time. Um, so I feel confident in that. I do wish that. He, it doesn't seem to me, at least based on this off season, that he has a ton of say in personnel decisions yet. Mm-hmm. Because the Lou Deng and the Timothy Mozgov signings don't make sense in the Golden State uh, vacuum,
1: right? How, how would you feel if he did have a lot of say and this is actually what they came
0: up with? Maybe Maybe he's going to run the triangle. <laughs> <laughs> he's just been waiting this whole time to run the triangle. Okay, so let's move on from the Lakers.
1: Right, so we got the Phoenix Suns coming up behind them. They had a pretty injury-filled year, 23 wins last season, uh, second worst in the West. They added Leandro Barbosa, he goes back to the desert. They added Jared Dudley, he goes back to the desert. And they draft uh, Marcus Chris, yep. Dragon Bender. Theoretically, Eric Bledsoe comes back healthy. Um, I have them listed at 24 wins. One more win than last year.
0: Ooh, okay, so we're a little off on this one. Okay. I had them at 27.5. Wow. There's a lot of good pieces there now, I think. Um, And they're a team that has interesting depth. I mean, from 1 to 10 or 11, they've got some talented guys, right? Alex Len, like you said, if he stays healthy, you got Knight, Booker, Bledsoe. That's a pretty good backcourt trio, right? Not bad. It's not bad. You've got some depth up front. Tyson Chandler's still there. Um, You know, the young guys, maybe a couple, maybe Bender is is decent uh, right off the bat. I don't know. The thing that I'm worried about the most with them is uh, their wings. I mean, Dudley is going to help a little bit, uh, but I don't know if you can rely on him to be a full-time, you know, really productive starter.
1: He's more of a four at this point as well.
0: Right, right. My concern with them is that they have too many big guys. Right. And not enough wings, because even their wings, even like T.J. Warren is is a big guy in disguise, right? So I don't know. I don't know. I don't love that, but I do think there's a lot of talent there. And if that, they can stay healthy, I think 27 and a half isn't isn't a uh, too big of a bar.
1: That's not a huge bar. I could probably go under on 27 and a half.
0: But oh, you said 24 was right. It?
1: Yeah, I'll go over. You're gonna, gonna go over on
0: 24. I'm gonna lock that in.
1: Well, the other issue I have here is that Earl Watson as his first full season as coach, I don't really know how to feel about Earl Watson other than uh, he was a developmental coach who got promoted to the bench when they got rid of Hornacek's staff essentially, and then they got rid of Hornacek and he got promoted to the he basically leapfro- leapfrogged three spots in the course of one season.
0: <laughs> right, is, is that is that a little troublesome in your mind?
1: I, you, you know, I don't, he's either going to be amazing or it's going to be very clear that maybe he's a couple of seasons too early a little little too green still
0: uh Andrew though UCLA guy
1: UCLA guy that is true wait don't don't play to my my brewing bias just because everyone's from UCLA <laughs> doesn't mean I instantly like them but I do like Earl Watson a little bit <laughs> so
0: B- bump that win total up
1: uh, I'll give him a half for, for that how about
0: 24 and a half there you go now we're talking Alright, so Phoenix, we're, we're thinking somewhere between 24 and 28. In, in the that 20s. Range. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so next team. Now, I think this is probably the hardest team in the Western Conference to gauge. Okay. I've seen championship odds. They're all over the place with this team. Nobody really knows what to do with them. The Minnesota Timberwolves.
1: Minnesota, many.
0: People um, are very excited.
1: Twin Cities.
0: Yep. They uh they drafted Chris Dunn.
1: City of a Thousand Lakes. What what are there other, is that right? City of mm. Land the no, Land of a Thousand Lakes. I are there other nicknames?
0: I'm pretty sure it's the land.
1: The land? Wolf Wolfpack? <laughs>
0: now, <laughs> now you're just naming things. Uh the 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 Land of Cole Aldrich.
1: The Lumberjacks. Sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Okay. The land of Cole Aldrich.
1: Cole Aldrich. Their
0: big signing. Cole Aldrich, Jordan Hill, Brandon Rush. Three of their free agent signings. Nothing great. Uh, They drafted Chris Dunn. Their big draft pick. Mm -hmm. But people are thinking. Potentially moving Rubio. What's that? There's
1: talks about potentially moving Rubio. Maybe he doesn't finish the season there.
0: Right. Yep. Rubio could be gone. Um, I think people are very excited about Tom Thibodeau coaching Carl Anthony Towns. Right. And Andrew Wiggins. And there's there's good reason for that, but I've seen some some crazy stuff with the with the Timberwolves with with their championship odds. They're being predicted ahead of teams like Memphis, ahead of Houston, ahead of Dallas, ahead of you know a lot of teams, ahead of Portland, a lot a lot a lot of teams. So I'm gonna conservatively with Tom Thibodeau there set their line at 43 and a half.
1: 43 and a half. Now they had 29 last year.
0: 29 wins last year. So that would be. A pretty big improvement.
1: So you're talking about what are we talking about here? You're talking about a 14 win improvement,
0: which is massive. And just that's just
1: by adding Thibodeau, because you're not. I'm not. I'm assuming you're not including Dunn
0: in this. Not too much. I think he can be a decent player um, for them right away because he's got an NBA body and he's strong and that sort of thing. Um, but I'm not banking on him being like a breakout star right away. No. This okay. is more about the improvement of Wiggins and Towns, I guess.
1: So you said 43? 43 and a half. 43 and a half. Yeah. Okay. I gave him 40. Okay. So I would, I guess I'd be taking the under on your 43 and a half. Um, it's like you said, it's like, that is a massive improvement if we're talking about double-digit wins uh, in one, in the span of one season. Um, I'm about as big a Carl Anthony Towns fan as you can find. Uh, last year... Uh, I think within the first month of of the season, I said that there's only two untradeable players in the league, and everyone thought that I was talking about Curry and LeBron, (laughs) Curry and Durant, and really, in my mind, I was thinking Curry and Carl Anthony Townsend.
0: It's very sneaky of you.
1: That is, I mean, that's how good I think he is. He's,
0: man. Okay, I'm worried, though. I'm worried that we're building him up to be this complete, perfect player already, and this happens with every guy that we put on a pedestal after an awesome rookie year.
1: Right. Anthony Davis was the last guy that would
0: Exactly. Yeah. I think I think it's going to crash down a little bit. And I think it could happen as soon as this year if the Timberwolves aren't this amazing playoff team that people are predicting them to be.
1: You know the secret to this, though, right? You know the secret to not crashing down with these people that we build up. Red we Bo- jump off. What is like, it? When, once you see people get enough people get on... You're like, well, I don't know if Carl Anthony Towns is that great. I might just start tweeting that right now, like during this podcast.
0: Oh, I'm already <laughs> jumping off. Townsend. I'm already selling stock.
1: Um, the price is too
0: high. I'm selling.
1: That's that's the strategy. It's like, yeah, you you ride, you ride it, you ride the roller coaster up, and then you jump off before it crashes. <laughs> it's
0: that's
1: gonna... a terrible analogy because you would die in both scenarios.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna crash though. We all know it's gonna happen sooner or later. Yeah, it's, um he's riding too high right now.
1: It's we're we're, we're Quite there yet, but I kind of think Utah has a little bit of this going on with them too. Ooh. I jumped off last year just because everyone was so excited about Utah.
0: everyone's back on already back
1: on already I know and, uh, i i snuck on at the start of the offseason. I might get off already, but they're they're down the road so wolves you're going you have forty three and a half I'm gonna go just under that but. It seems like we're both in agreement that they're gonna make a double digit win jump this season.
0: yep, they should hover around five hundred pretty safely I think
1: okay so. That leads us to the New Orleans Pelicans, um, they had thirty wins last year after I think uh, our friend Justin Verrier suggested that they have one of the most injury riddled seasons in the last two decades. is that bad um, yeah it's a great start <laughs> and uh, they they have the the guy we were just talking about um, Anthony Davis, who had all this pressure I think um, Many of the pundits before the season started predicted that he would be a serious contender for most valuable player last season. Yep. And I don't think he even played 70 games. Um, had a very good season by most players' standards, but for Anthony Davis' standards, it was just okay. Yep. Um, I have, let's see, they didn't really do a whole lot. They brought Terrence Jones in, uh, Langston Galloway, Etwan Moore, Solomon Hill. And they drafted uh, Chick Diallo mm-hmm. and Buddy Heald in the draft.
0: Lost um, Eric Gordon and Ryan Anderson.
1: Lost Eric Gordon Ryan Anderson. You could say that they lost them a couple of years already because they, they were both hurt in their times in New Orleans. Um, so they're going from last year's 30 win is kind of an anomaly. I think they were 41-41 and 41 the year before that. Um, so I'm giving
0: them 41 wins this year. Wow. Yeah. We, this is, we're going to be the most off on this one. Okay. Um, and I think you're way too high, and I think I'm way too low. But I, th- I think they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league this year.
1: Oh, wow. Okay.
0: Not because I think Ryan, uh, Ryan Anderson and Eric Gordon were these amazing players, but now Tyreek Evans is there. He's already not going to start the season, so we're already counting him out.
1: He didn't really play last season
0: either. I know, but you got a bunch of weird role players there now. Um, they still have too many centers that they're playing next to Anthony Davis. I just don't know how much changes, and I don't trust Anthony Davis to stay healthy whatsoever.
1: So you're you're purely basing this off the idea that Anthony Davis will not finish the season healthy?
0: Yes, I think a lot of teams in the West are going to make improvements, and when that happens, somebody's got to take the fall.
1: Because Anthony Davis, if healthy, with even this oddly fitted roster is probably good for 35 wins
0: right I, there i agree but i'm i'm not betting on anthony davis to stay healthy
1: okay so what is your way to what was your way too
0: low number <laughs> 29 and a half
1: good lord
0: <laughs> too low
1: that's i mean you're you're telling you're saying that they're flirting with the lakers at that point
0: uh yeah i mean without anthony davis who's the better team
1: Oh, without Anthony Davis, the Lakers are are the better team.
0: I know I can't just count on Anthony Davis to get hurt, but has he he hasn't I'm played a single full full healthy season yet, and he's dealt, he's always dealt with injuries, and they're always they're they're little stuff that just adds up too. He's just an injury prone player to me. I know that's not necessarily a thing, and I don't have any science to back it up, but it's a feel thing, and I feel like he's injury prone. Uh,
1: when I think of injury prone, I think of. Uh issues that reoccur regularly like if you regularly sprain your ankle or you have the same shoulder problem year after year right and with Anthony Davis i don't recall him having repetitive injuries
0: yeah so
1: I'm, I... I'm willing to to hold back on him being injury prone for the time being but i mean that that door is knocking
0: I think I think if we meet in the middle, that's probably where they'll end up.
1: 35.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: 29 and a half. <laughs>
0: it's, it's, really it's, it's really low. It's really offensive. I know. I mean, I know.
1: Expect a, phone, a stern phone call from Barrier.
0: <laughs> I will. <laughs> this is done. I will I will welcome that stern phone call. Uh okay, let's uh let's move on. Let's talk about Denver. I I am a sneaky believer. And the Nuggets this year, I don't know what it is. I just got a feeling they got a lot of young players that I think that are gonna kind of, you know, make the leap a little bit. What does
1: that mean? You're what? a sneaky believer, and de- I'm not gonna let these kind of vague comments
0: slide. <laughs> I I think they're going to be a lot better than most people think.
1: Are they gonna make the playoffs?
0: No, they're not gonna make the playoffs, but they're gonna make big time big time improvements this year.
1: Are they gonna compete for the eight seed?
0: Uh, no. But they're but they're going to be a lot better than they were last year. Okay, so last year, last year the Nuggets won 33 games. I'm going to set their over under at 38.5.
1: 38.5. I mean, we're in the same, uh, we're we're on the same block because I I listed them at 35 and a half. And they won 33 last year, so right. they'll be better. I thought they were better this year than, than people gave them credit for. Uh, it was not easy to go into, what's their arena, Pepsi Center? Yeah. It's not easy to, to go there and to win games. And I think we they were one of the few teams, did they beat Golden State in Denver? Or maybe like they lost a close game?
0: It sounds like something that happened.
1: Uh, the, they were never an easy out. They were one of the, the teams I felt like... Opponents would go into Denver and be like, oh, we got to play these guys. Um, I me- like Mike Malone.
0: So I- much of their rotation w- were rookies last year or one year players. Yeah. So now you get Gary Harris with another year under his belt, Emmanuel Moudier with another year under his belt, uh, Joffrey Laverne another year under his belt, and then the big one, um, Nikola Jokic with another Jokic. year under his belt, who could be one of the better centers in the league eventually, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I do feel like Denver is one of these teams that is set up to be trade partners with someone else, though. Yeah. With Gallows' contract, Wilson Chandler, Nurkic, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they dumped some of those guys and to uh, slide back a little, pick up another pick in what is supposed to be a loaded 2017 draft. Mm. Um, so my 35 win total was kind of hedging against them, looking like the ideal partner for a lot of teams.
0: Okay, I can see that. There are always like 14 guys deep in Denver somehow, even when they're bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, guess I, mean, you, I guess you have to be when you have injury guys like Gallinari and Chandler and those sorts.
1: Denver's kind of figured out the international pipeline, right? Like, uh, San Antonio for so long was the franchise that you would look to, and if they drafted someone you'd never heard of, you just assume that they're going to be good. And for the last three or four years now, Every international guy that Denver's picked up, it's like, oh, that was apparently the steal of the draft. And they drafted uh Juan Hernan Gomez this year.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and he looked pretty good at summer league. They had Jamal Murray who started
1: not well but started but appeared better towards the, the back half of Vegas summer league. I don't know. Um I like I like a lot of what they're doing over there.
0: I think they're they're the uh the Bruno Caboclo of NBA teams. They're like two years away from being two years away. But once they're, once they're ready, if they can when keep this core away, together, they're going to be so good if they can keep this core together.
1: Yeah, let, can we start calling them the Denver Brunos?
0: <laughs> we absolutely can.
1: Um, that's great. Uh, so after Denver, we have Sacramento, who had 33 wins last season. They lost Rondo. They drafted Malachi Richardson. They brought back Matt Barnes. Uh, They brought your boy Anthony Tolliver.
0: Don't appeal to me.
1: Aaron Aflalo is there. Garrett Temple. Rajon Rondo is gone now. Uh, And they drafted Bogdanovich, Papajanis, and LeBissier. I have them going from 33 wins to 31.5.
0: Yeah, I I am feeling the downward trend. I actually have them at Exactly the same number you had him at, 31 and a half.
1: Oh, that's our first one. Hey! One you?
0: That might be our only one. Yeah, we both have him at 31 and a half. Clink. Clink. <laughs> it's locked in. Um,
1: is there anything to say? Like, do you, I guess there's the possibility they would move DeMarcus Cousins?
0: Yeah, I think that's going to boil over at some point, And when they have another rough start to the season or when things go wrong... It's time, man. He's 25 now. It's time for him to, to demand a trade.
1: Right. And, uh, you know, there's already been rumblings this early in the offseason about potentially them moving Rudy Gay. Yeah. Who, Sneaky, has become a uh, player on a good contract with the way the cap has been going up.
0: We're, uh, uh So, the Lockdown Clippers listeners are a little sensitive when you mention Rudy Gay. Just so you know. Because... Because they they think that Blake Griffin is being traded for him.
1: Oh, Blake. Okay, yeah, I don't know that he's that good, that contract is that good.
0: <laughs> right. But, uh, so don't don't get too don't get too uh, happy about Rudy Gay here.
1: Well, okay. Um, what's what's the appropriate level of happiness for Rudy Gay?
0: Like, I don't know. Uh, it would be like your like twenty birthday. It's almost your 30th, and it's, like, it's it's whatever. It's a birthday.
1: This is a weird analogy. I don't know.
0: I'm <laughs> trying to think of, like, when I have just been, like, moderately happy about something. Or,
1: let, let me, okay, let me give you a hypothetical, well, and this will determine how, uh, how happy we should be about Rudy Gay. Would okay. you rather have uh, Jeff Green on a multi-year contract right now, or Rudy Gay on his current contract?
0: Well, I mean, Rudy Gay, but... I don't think Jeff Green is good at basketball, so I don't. What? What? Are, what's? I don't get the point.
1: <laughs> so, so it's like Rudy Gay or nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Do you want this replacement level player or this replacement level player?
1: I mean, I think Rudy Gay. What the one thing he has going for him is he is he can legitimately legitimately play the small forward position and has really good size.
0: Um. He cool. takes, cool. Wait,
1: he, he takes terrible shots,
0: awful shots.
1: Yeah, but uh, let's it's,
0: it's, let's just trade him for Blake Griffin right now.
1: I guess I guess that's what we're doing
0: right now. Right? Done. It's Boom. Done. Lock it in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm down. I'm down on Sacramento too for the same yeah. reasons. Uh, I think Cousins is gonna gonna demand the trade. Finally, no one's gonna blame him. I think they're gonna have to blow this thing up. And so I, I just see the second half just being an absolute disaster for them. I mean, it's going to be so weird to see them try and
1: blow it up because clearly there's been an imperative to try and win and to try and make a push to make the playoffs. And traditionally, when you blow something up, you're trying to bottom out.
0: <laughs> that is usually how that works. Uh but they're, they're the, the, so bad. I don't want to yeah. talk about them anymore. Can we move on? They're so yeah, bad. Yeah. Okay. All right. They're so bad. And that's it for part one. We'll have part two up soon. We'll talk about the Clippers. Andrew Hahn will be back with us for part two. Hope you guys enjoyed this. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us those five-star ratings. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, DJ Foster. This is the Locked on Clippers podcast. And we'll stop right there. That's it for part one. We'll have part two up shortly. Once again, follow Andrew Hahn at Andrew the Hahn on Twitter. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us those five-star ratings. Thanks again for listening. I'm DJ Foster. Thanks for tuning in.
1: quarter, babe. I'll hit the game winner, it's not over, babe, I'll hit the game winner, baby, believe in me, I'll hit the game winner,